You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Day you go, you're feeling very good. You know, oh, this treadmill is not as hard, and I see them do it. You even pick up some weights, you're picking it up, everything is just responding, you're feeling happy. Okay? And then what happens, you see people who have been there for a while, so you try and form, you don't want them to know that you're the new person. So you try and, when the guy is there for 30 minutes, you're running. You're running 30 minutes in the car. When will you calm down? Okay, let's continue. So you continue. Then I want you advise yourself. You calm down. You're feeling all fresh. In the evening, your body begins to explain to you the foolishness of what you've done during the day. And, but they tell you, they tell you that when you feel the pain, you need to go back. Because there are some people, once you just fell up, and that's a liar. This is this confirmation from God. My body is not meant for this kind of thing. Can you see? I'm an Ajebot. I'm not meant for this kind of life. You know, and you just relax. And you know, some of you, you know, I'm talking about you, that you've done exactly what I've just described before. But your pain is a raw material. And I say this to some people here who God is calling to be Christian warriors who are despising or wrongly using the pain that they have experienced in the past or may be experiencing now. So what it is, is that you have no regard for it. In fact, you have moved through the place where you inconsistently issued invitations for a pity party. Right? And people have even stopped coming for your party and you're by yourself. But uh, what we need to do is to be able to see God and walk in this and let God do what he wants to do through and in of those in, in, in those things and develop endurance. For some of you, you need to say to your pain, look, you know, I think it's, it's Job that says, though he slay me. So it's regardless of what I have been through, regardless of what I am going through, this is who I am, this is what God has called me to do. When you see athletes, when you see soldiers running early in the morning, and I don't know why they like to do it early in the morning, but early in the morning, you think it's just because they like it's not hot. Yes, I know. You think it's just... Be, eh? It's quiet. Okay, no, this is fantastic. Okay, you have revelation. Okay. It's not just because they like pain. No. You, you know how, it, how nice... You know there's the sleep that is very nice. But the nicest one is when you wake up and then you go back to sleep. That is sleep. But for people to get... That is really sleep. You know, that's intention. You didn't fall asleep because you were tired or because it was night. No. You fell asleep because you were lazy. It's just lazy sleep. That's the real sleep. But these guys get up. So my wife is, again, I have to use that as an example, um, preparing for a marathon next month. 5 a.m. This girl gets up. Yours truly. I stay in bed. Because I'm the coach. Not <laughs> okay? But it's not because she likes it. No, not at all. But it's that she understands that there is pain that she needs to go through to build endurance. The race she's going to run is not five kilometers. It's not 10, it's not 20. And so, someone just needs to put... So, what a a Christian warrior does is that they do not make a monument out of pain or out of contrary circumstances. That does not become the definition of your life because you're called to a lot. In fact, what it is is simply gym equipment that God put in your life. I know they did not give birth to you in Ikoyi. I know all your other siblings were born in America. When it was your time, they brought you back here in Surulere. Relax. God had a plan. I know you were not born with a silver spoon. Some people say, I didn't even have a spoon. No cutlery at all when I showed up. But relax. 
I know you've had all sorts of different things happen to you. But you need to understand that gym equipment is not, it's not pretty. I wish I'd brought some weights. And all. It's not pretty. Those things don't look, they're not fun to carry. Right? It's not, they don't look like toys. At least they might look like that, but once you engage them, you know they're not toys. All right? So let me tell the person next to you, are you building endurance? Let me shake them small if they don't mind. They look like Christians. Shake them. Tell them, it doesn't seem like there's any endurance in you. <sighs> Holy Spirit. Because, so when you look at Joseph's life, right? The things that Joseph begins to go through in life. God is from a, it's as if, sometimes you look at this one like, but God, you're not fair. Now what is it? He starts out, his brothers don't like him because his father, his father likes him. Father gives him a special bespoke jacket. They hate him the more. Then he has a dream. He did not dream the dream by himself. Okay, yes, he, people say he shouldn't have talked about the dream. But you see the process that he went through. When you get to Genesis, you know, then the brothers decide they're going to kill him. Do you know what it means to have, to be overhearing? I don't, for your, okay, some of you have been manhandled by your brothers and sisters before. But to the point where they then say, let us kill him. That's, ah. So you, at that point you realize there's either something wrong with these people or me. Then somebody says, oh no, let's not kill him. Let's sell. Just as bad. And then your brothers, your own brothers, they sell you off. Make a profit. <laughs> and then you get to Potiphar's house. Then God starts to help you again. Then Potiphar's wife declares that she needs Jewish delicacy. And you are the only one available. Why? <laughs> At that point, that's the real definition of home trouble. You know, they have, they have something, you, it's obvious. But when you move from there to the prison, in the prison, you become prosperous by the grace of God. You are the senior prisoner, you know, at the very high level, even having some favor. Yeah, because you're not out there. At least in prison, nobody's going there, you know, nobody's going to harass your destiny, no brothers, no you know, Potiphar's wife, you know. And then even God begins to help you, manifesting gifts of the Spirit. They call you prophets. You know, stuff is happening. And then they forget you. But in all these things that happened to Joseph, you see the building of endurance. I was saying to someone this morning that you have a choice when negative circumstances happen to you. Because if you become bitter, what happens is that you block the path through which grace should flow. And a, a Christian warrior um, is very mindful of the need to build endurance. Very mindful. I used the example last week and I say it again. If we all go out to the express now and start to jog, or jogging to Falomo, as I said that, all of you know where you will stop. Some of us will even start. We're just like, okay, I'm coming. I forgot something in church. I'm coming. You know, some of you will even start. You're just like, there's no need to do all this. Some of you are like, yes, let's do this. Falomo. In fact, let's do VI, you know, and stuff like that. Because our endurance levels are different, okay? So spiritual fitness, endurance. Spiritual fitness and endurance. Tonight, I want to speak about um, just three things, very quickly. I'll probably spend 10 minutes on each of them, God helping me. One thing which is critical, one thing which is critical is the understanding of... Um, um, 
of authority and respect for company. So uh, one thing that is very clear in the lifestyle of a warrior is the understanding of authority and respect for company. And I'll, I'll try and explain, explain this. Um, in Luke 8, verse 8 to 9, the centurion says to Jesus, look, he's having this discussion with Jesus. Jesus, show up in my house. Please come and heal. And then he, he just realizes, oh, wow. Look, he says, Luke 8, 8 to 9, he says, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Um, one thing I find that's popular with our generation is a huge sense of independence, and it's commendable. But one thing that a Christian warrior, and we'll just look at one or two scriptures, must do is to descend the chain of command and the necessity of cover. Um, God, Bible says in Psalm, uh, Psalm 68 and 6, it says God set the solitary in families. God sets the solitary in families. It means that, so it's in the movies that you see the one guy who has been offended, they've killed his wife or something, paints his face black, loads a bazooka or five on his shoulder, you know, all the guns, and then him alone goes out shooting like 15 minutes and we all love that movie I was about to say Rambo but I think that dates me it shows you how old I am so I suspect they're slightly newer ones okay but um, so we have this solo mentality and, and that's not how the Christian warrior patterns his or her life the question I put here is where have I found fellow warriors and where have I found cover? The Bible says, iron sharpens iron. We read through Joel, it speaks about not breaking rank. The Christian warrior understands that God places them at different times in specific company. Company is critical. I think it's a couple of weeks ago I was saying that we typically will end up at the same place or relatively close to the company that we keep. In life, we typically will end up pretty close or in the same place as the company that we keep. And so when God sends us out, sends out warriors, what happens is that they begin to learn the unique signals and calls of their company. In fact, it's that ability to understand that every single Christian warrior must be undercover. I personally, and I, and I have you know, good reason for saying this, find it difficult to reckon with people who have nobody over them that can speak counsel into their life. In fact, I say to people, this is a bit of a diversion, but I say to people when they want to get married, who does he listen to? The girl brings this guy, he's fine, he's got dollars, Range Rover, he loves her, you know, he even speaks in tongues. Even speaks in tongues. He knows some scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. He has the mix. Who is his pastor? Uh, I don't really believe in that stuff. You know, just who are his mentors? Who are the people 
And not just that he says them, but that you see in practice that he listens and is submitted to. If I can't find any witness or I'm not comfortable, I normally will try and prayerfully encourage them to wait a bit until stuff is in order. You know, when you watch the movies, when the guys, you know, just shout normally, cover me, I'm going in. So I wonder for us as Christians, where are we plugged in? When you listen or you read through Paul's letters, you see again and again, Apostle Paul would essentially call for reinforcements. He would say, please pray for me. I still saw one of those prayers in Africa, the second Thessalonians. Constantly understanding the need for company. When you read, I think one of, I probably have mentioned in church over and over again, first two or three chapters, I think Hebrews 3, where Paul says that daily encourage one another as long as it is day. And I, I say it over and over again that every Christian requires encouragement on a daily basis. On a daily basis. The ability to understand the strength that comes from your company is one of the things um, a warrior does and it, it, it describes their lifestyle. So there's respect for rank. There's respect for hierarchy. You know, because I'm a pastor, so I say this carefully. I don't, um, I don't take it lightly when people say that I am their pastor. And I, I must not be your pastor. And I know people come here from different places. So that's, but, but you know, being your pastor is not a title. In fact, what I found is that I don't even get paid for it. It's a relationship that you must service and that must be functional. Careful, careful. What, I, what do I mean by you must service? It means that you must be conscious of those who God has placed above you for the purpose of training and nurturing. You must submit your heart to them. It's fundamentally a heart relationship. It's not about money or resources. That follows, but that's not. And so everybody must be able to find, and then you must be finding people at your level who you are plugged in with. The Christian warrior is not a solo fighter and does not. So the trick of the devil is to put people in isolation. Once he successfully puts them in isolation, they're easier targets. They're easier targets. It's not, there's no army that's made of one person. There's no army that is made of one person. I said it last, last week, I think, or a couple of weeks ago, how that there are certain things which we can do. I mean, I remember doing the long match, the physical match or whatever it's called, the NYSC. And I remember saying to myself and my colleagues how that there's no way I would have been able to do that match by myself. No matter how many glucose boosts and glucose things I took. But just the fact that you were in a bunch of people all singing and taking and doing what it was, you know, just everybody shall go in. You went. So help me ask somebody around you, are you still within rank? I think it's 
It says that your eyes will not be far from your teachers. I have, I have pastors. I have if my pastor, my man, and that is for me is when my pastor says A B C. Me and you know me, I can talk. I say, hey, why sir? Yes sir. But my head is. I, I clearly understand where God has plugged me per time. One thing about, so I just move on. I come back to this, but I just move on. Um, one thing we hear. You see, in the lifestyle of a warrior, is the attention to instructions. You know, in the army, they talk about this phrase. They say, "Obey before complain." You are the compl- We are the complaining generation. We talk about anything, everything, even the things that don't naturally concern us. They're not really our business. We, they, we find a way. So people can be arguing in Malaysia. As far as on Twitter, we can comment. Where, where our generation doesn't have, you know. And so what happens is that in the place of instruction, sometimes we treat God like our, like our friends. But the Christian warrior gets to the place where obedience is habitual. Obedience is habitual. One instruction from God can make the difference between life and death. So we get to the place where obedience is habitual. Um, hmm. may, may I say this about company is that one of the things you'll find in the life of Christian warriors is that they are not responsible for the demotivation of their own ranks what do I mean you look at the story of the 10 spies or the 12 spies the Bible talks about the witness of the 10 and how when they told them, ah, no, these people we've seen. So, so they're not the ones who destroy the faith and the bond of their own company by the things that they say and they do. Very important. The ability to hear. Um, I like how, I think in the First Corinthians 14, Apostle Paul talks about, he says, if there's no distinct sound that comes from the trumpet, he says, how can they prepare themselves for war? And so what happens is that there are sounds that you hear in your company that, that permit or trigger a preparation for warfare. And the Christian warrior must get to the place where they understand the unique sounds. They understand instructions. They are in a place where... So, you are in church, you are in a local assembly, you are connected to the body of Christ. There are things which you would hear for yourself. There are things which... The Christian, I mean, which you will, your, your pastor, the leader will show up and say, this is what God says we should do in this season. I, I particularly love it when I show up in church. Pastor says, we should do X, Y, Z. And at least I have X and Y in my heart to do already. So I'm like, ah, yes, the boy is good. I'm not, I'm not doing badly. I'm led of the spirit. Yes. I don't even have Y, self, one. I say, yes. Okay. When pastor says, let us fast for six weeks. You're like, ah. God has already told me about five weeks. Okay, I'll add one week to it. But it shows that you are in the place where you are hearing instruction. The Bible says that the voice of a stranger, they will not hear. He says, my sheep hear my voice. So to be led by the Spirit of God is a great distinct, distinction of, of a Christian warrior. And, and don't forget where we started from today. Many are called, few are chosen. And I said, our destinies, our destinies as Christians are a matter of warfare. And we respond to how much 
we dedicate ourselves to this concept of being Christian warriors. Okay? So, and, and I say this, I've said it again and again. The Christian warrior understands that the company is not just their local assembly. So you do not despise the rest of the body. Very important. I find that there is grace and levels of revelation you cannot get to if you despise parts of the body. I can explain that another day, but it's very important. So your church is not the only church in the world. In fact, it's very likely that your church is not the best church in the world. I'm the pastor of this church. I, I'll be, I mean, I love this church. I mean, you know I love this church. But sometimes there are other churches I want to go on Sunday. <laughs> to come here, babe. Ah, okay, maybe next week I'll try again. But I love this church. This church is very good. <laughs> very good. But we don't break our ranks. I, and I think it goes to the subject of planting. Um, over the last couple of months, we started this, I started using this interesting concept of what I call the tourist Christians. They have a schedule. The tourist Christians. So they they're not planted anywhere. But any, there's no program in this city that, is, that you have real good preachers that they can't go, that they won't go. In fact, sometimes they have the churches on a roster. First Sunday, redeemed. Second Sunday, Island Church. Third Sunday, House on the Road. Fourth Sunday, Life Point. There's a roster. And there's a feeling you get, it's like, you're, you're like a buffet, you're just going around, you're just going around. But um, I perceive that that is not the lifestyle of a warrior. And I'm not, you, you must be planted somewhere. There must be somewhere where people can hold you accountable. Accountability beyond just you didn't come to church or you came to church. No. I'll come back to this. But I need to move quickly and then try and put this whole thing together. Holy Spirit, thank you. Um, Christian warriors, one of the things you see in their lifestyle is a sense of focus and purpose that leads them to, it's, and I think it's carved out of this concept of they're defending something. So in Jude 3, Apostle Paul will say, look, to contend for the faith that was handed over to the saints. In my notes, I've said, look, as a Christian warrior, one of the things you would see in their lifestyle is the fact that they're very mindful about their supply lines. Now, um, what's, what are supply lines? What, Christ, what you know, military strategists will tell you is that it's not every time when you are fighting an army that you focus on the army itself. Sometimes you just, because as the army goes further away from their base, sometimes you just need to, real, you know, to locate the stream of supply between them and where they are. So let's say the army... You know, was from Lagos, they're fighting a battle in Kaduna. But ever so often, there are people who will take food and take fuel and take ammunition. And so what happens is if you break the breach in between, they will fight for a while, but in a couple of days, they will run out. But there's a sense of focus, a sharp sense of purpose that a Christian warrior needs to have that causes them to defend stuff. One of the things that a Christian warrior will defend is their source of strength. 
I'm very reminded about our brother Sam. Not Samuel in Oshwin. No. But we can use Samuel, but no. But, but Samson. I love how when you read Judges chapter 16, you need to read this as a young person. You need to read Judges 16 in different translations. You need to read this as a Christian word. Because what happens in Judges 16 is that Delilah shows up and she says to him, Tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. And you know, when I read the story today, I was like, ha! <laughs> because you know, as a young man, someone says, Tell me the secret of your strength. You know, you were like, ah, for what? Now they send you come. Who's that? You know? But but that's not the, that's not it all. Sam Samson, right, tells her the first time. Said if you they bind me up with this, like this, like this. So he gives, he tells, he lies to her. And then she ties him up in the thing. And of course, we've called something there upon you. And he breaks it. At that point, you will expect that the man will understand that they're after the source of his strength. No. She asks him again. She's still around. He doesn't drive her away. No, she's fine. She's beautiful. They tie him the second time. She says, oh, no, if you do this type of thing. Uh, the third one, I think he actually says to her, look, these this seven strands of my hair, if you tie them to a loom, stick a pin in, that, that's the end. How do you wake up and find out that your girlfriend has tied your hair to a loom? And he breaks free again on three different occasions. And then the girl starts to weep, you don't love me. You don't love me. <laughs> if you love me, you show me this. What? You know, but we're like, ah, ah, Samson must have been so stupid, Abby. <laughs> no, because, no, because after the three occasions, he then says, okay, 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 relax. Ah, you like to cry too much. Ah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Can I just play with you? Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, just relax. Uh, if you cut my hair, if you just cut everything. <laughs> but you see, the Christian warrior has a sharp sense of focus that births there are certain things you defend with a passion. And because we're all laughing at Samson now. And when you guys see him in heaven, he's going to point you out. That, uh, <laughs> you, come here. When they were talking about me at life, but you were laughing at me. You think it's easy. <laughs> but but, but I, as I prepared for this, I started wondering, it is, where's the source of your strength? And in fact, I was asking myself, I wrote a note that says, has Delilah been winking at you? And for someone said, ah, Delilah, never. But for someone, Delilah is wearing different clothes today. For someone, it's the clothes of money. And, and so she's been winking at you. Tell me, Larry, you will be rich. <laughs> Show me the source of your strength. <laughs> you two say, hey, just tie my head, tie my head. And I, I started saying, look, what are the things that contend with the source of our strength? For some people, it's just perpetual busyness. So you've gotten to the place where you are so busy, you cannot pray anymore. You can't pray. You are not the president of the country from what I hear. But you are proud. When I just moved to Lagos, I used to be very happy getting to work at past six and calling my parents in the hometown. Because those that time, they're still waking up. They're not woken up in my 
where I come from, the village. Uh, so where are you? I'm just I'm in the office. Office at this time. I say yes. Uh, you know how we do in the in the big city. <laughs> Some of you are still in that phase where you are happy at the business. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happening. Ah, wearing jackets, 6 a.m. out. You know. <laughs> and Delilah is just looking at you and licking her lips. A sharp sense of focus. You know. I worry, but maybe because sometimes, and with all due respect to the Nigerian army, sometimes maybe the picture of soldiers that we see in our part of the world corrupts how we understand warriors should be. Because just when you see a soldier with pot belly, you just think, ah, warfare is not serious business. But what is it that I wouldn't let anyone take away from me? You know, Jesus had a sharp sense of focus. He was very single-minded. And so a Christian warrior understands that there are things which there's where my strength is. I love that testament of Samson though because at some point the Bible says his hair began to grow back. And so I say there's that protection of the source of your strength. There's a protection, we're talking about the company. There's a protection, the Bible says, to, to keep, to preserve the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So it's our responsibility because we have a sharp sense of purpose as warriors to make sure that we do not, if, if we can see anything that's threatening to bring, um, to break the bond of peace within the company that we're in, that we protect it and we push it back. We are not the ones that propagate rumor and gossip. And I think there's a difference. Rumor is the one that you know is not true. Or gossip is the one that there's gist inside of it. Okay. <sighs> Holy Spirit. When um, Gideon takes out his army, I love how God separates them. The Bible says, when Gideon took, so Judges 7 5, when Gideon took the warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, Divide the men into two groups. In one group, Put all who cup water in their hands and lap it with their tongues like, do like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. And I remember this story from my book of Bible stories when I was much younger. And I can't forget because what it was was, look, these guys were thirsty. They needed resourcing. They needed water. They needed to hammer or whatever our case is. But God makes a distinction between those who, when they get to the water, are just throw down everything, everything, forget it, and straight, and just, they literally just drinking the water. And, but there are a couple of people in the army who keep focus on what is before them and refuse to be distracted by the blessing that God has given them. And, and for me, that picture, and God says, divide the ones that are just, they're just lying down, they forgot the battle. He says, send them home. Don't, no punishment, just tell them to get up and go home. Let them go and drink water at home. And so you find out that one of the things that a Christian warrior must cultivate in their lifestyle is that ability to stay focused on what is really important. 
on what is really important. Okay. I'm going to try and put all this together and just pray the prayer that God has put in my heart tonight. Ah. The last thing I think I want to talk about, or two things, let's talk about, and is um, one is about the fact that warriors learn to face and conquer their fears before the day of battle. Warriors learn to face and conquer their fears before the day of battle. You, you know that you can't be a, a great warrior if you are afraid of heights. Or just say, I don't like going out at night too. And one thing that the training of the warriors does is to essentially make them almost fearless, right? I mean, and you know how it's, it's, it's um, one of the things we see even with natural soldiers. They have a sense of, I don't want to call it adventure, but they don't back down, right? They're very in your face. They're very willing to stand up and fight. And that's one of the things that... Um, scripture begins, it says, you know, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Uh, I've been saying it all through the last couple of weeks that I fear that our generation doesn't have enough fight in it. There's, there's too much, maybe, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with technology, but there's not enough fight in our hearts. And any small thing, we just like, ah, they're beating me. Any, any small, they just push you small. Just, I mean, I don't know if you have experienced this before, but you know that there are even animals, dogs, that they can sense fear. And there are some dogs which, if you stamp your feet, they will go away. I'm not saying you should do that to every dog because then. <laughs> but I, I met a dog once in Ferrari's house that. That small, small, if you just like this. But even that small dog, some people are afraid of it. But me, I was not afraid. <laughs> but that ability to face your fears and deal with them. And deal with them. So what it is, what is it that? Because there's that, you know, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. What is it that still puts fear in your heart? Okay, I will do this one. Um, there's a concept of moderation. There's a concept of moderation. It's a very nice one. That Second Timothy that we read says that, do you not know that, um, I'll just read my translation, that those who run in a race all run. That's not Timothy, I think that's, okay. It says, but those who run in the rain all run. But it says, but one received the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do this to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. 
The Bible says of Daniel, you all know that story, but Daniel has an opportunity to feast at the very best um, in training. Daniel says in Daniel 1.8, the Bible says he resolved not to defile himself with royal food and wine. One of the things that I observe from scripture about the lifestyle of a warrior, that which allows us to engage in spiritual warfare, is the ability to live disciplined lives and moderate pleasure. In fact, sometimes the ability to schedule pain and pleasure. The ability to schedule pain and pleasure. So, you know, uh, that scripture we read earlier says in verse 3, it says to endure hardship like this. So, so there are times when you will schedule and say, this time I am going to go through a season that is not necessarily pleasurable. It does not necessarily mean that you are suffering. It might, see, and, and I have to say that. So it doesn't, no, but it means that you might go through some unpleasantness intentionally. That's on one side. But on the other side, it also means that you determine in your heart that not all pleasure is mine at all times. Very important. Not all pleasure is mine at all times. I mean, you, if you have a barracks where they tell you that every morning the soldiers just wake up and they just distribute ice cream. Ice cream, chocolates, ice cream. You know, your mind just say, that's not a barrack. They're not serious. Even Boy Scout, they don't do that. Um, the Bible speaks about Jesus having those temptations. And the devil would say, look, let me, let's, let's do this now. Let me, let me help you. And, you know, um, there, was, there was something about Jesus' understanding. Because, you know, at the point he says, look, you see where we are now? They just jump down. You know the same thing? Say, when you do this now, people will know that there's nobody. When you jump from the top and land on your feet, people will be taken aback. Ha! And then they'll start, you know how that slow clap? And they'll start clapping and everybody just shouts and hail. Even fame. Even wealth. Pleasure. Fame. Wealth, pleasure, the ability to say it must not happen now. Have you turned back a bribe before? And you know, I mean, one time, I mean, long ago, I can't remember, 2002, I remember doing some work for the government, and you know, we used to get back to the office in those days and exchange stories about people who tried to give us money. And it was a very foreign thing to do to say, ah, sorry, we cannot accept X or Y. But you know, but, you know, a bribe tells you, just, so the money that you can be offered that tells you, why wait? Do you know what the exchange rate is? $50,000. What's that in there? And even after tight, to make the money holy, you know? Or sex. Ah! Oh, this one, the pastor will be saying, don't sleep, don't, don't have sex, don't have sex. Eh, pastor is married. Eh, he will go to his house. He will, he will be having sex. We are just single. 
no sex for us. How would he be preaching it? I say, you bless him preaching. I bless him, my Lord. Doesn't know what we doesn't know what we are facing in this world. That time when he was young, they didn't have internet. Now, I hear your thoughts in my <laughs> in my heart. But when you know. It's it's um, the Bible says war unto you when your kings, your princes wake up in the morning to feast. And that determining that look, so because when Daniel was offered that choice, the best type of food, chicken imported from maybe Turkey, properly marinated, soft, the type that you cannot eat, even the bones are very nice. yourself so we're talking <laughs> you know and so when you look it's not, it's not just, you just had vegetables there just, just leaves no but Daniel understood that God was taking him somewhere and said look I will schedule my pain because it must have been pain I think he just got some some vegetables and, and I know people here who you can't even bribe them to eat vegetables some people here as adults you say take take this is good for you take vegetables no adults God is, God is working on you. But if you cannot at this time identify areas where you are maintaining discipline in your life, there might be something for you to reconsider. It does mean that you're not in training. If as at this time you cannot say, these are areas in which I am maintaining discipline. So the ability not to respond to every natural instinct but to listen in obedience for commands from God. Very, very important. Now, I'm going to put all this together and we'll just pray. Now, so for me, this message, this discussions we've had the last couple of, this last Thursday and this one, is essentially a call that's how I describe it to myself. Um, I believe that we can all just be social Christians. We can learn the newest songs that come out. Oh, have you heard this song? It's very nice. Oh, I like it when they play it in church, you know. Uh, we can come to church fairly regularly. And the funny thing about coming to church, after a while, when you come to church, you even develop appetite for good sermons. So sometimes you just, ah, oh my God, Doc Beck can preach. You see how she introduced that scripture there? Ah, oh, no, it was, the sermon was really good. It was a hot sermon. It's very good. It's very good. P.I., uh, he tries. He tries. I don't really, especially on Thursdays, I like him. Sunday, it doesn't, it doesn't really catch my, doesn't, don't really taste like that. After a while, you even have some friends in church. So people know that you are a church member. Like I said last week, the few times you enter, you try and go to a nightclub, even the bouncer knows you. Ah, sister, life point. <laughs> Say, is that service tomorrow? What time is service? Is that breakfast? So they know you. They kind of know you with God. They kind of know you. But um, 
But in terms of real spiritual vitality, there's nothing there. And this is, this is something I've gone through and I go through in cycles where you know, I get to a place and you know, essentially I, I kind of feel God almost separating me, almost pushing me. And that is where this whole spiritual warrior lifestyle discussion is anchored. Is that at different times in your life, you just decide, look, man, I'm going to get spiritually fit. You'll just decide, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to cover and company. I'm going to take my love walk seriously. I, I remember very clearly, you know, seasons in my life when I began to spend time to pray. It wasn't just because I didn't have things to do. But at that point, I just said, look, there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a little bit more in God. And it involved some sacrifice. It wasn't always cool to be a pastor or to be a Christian. Um, sometimes even now it's still not cool to be a Christian when your colleagues come back on Monday and they tell you what went down on Saturday ah we didn't sleep oh we were out ah did you see Caleb dancing ah Caleb was dancing 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 there's something in your heart that just tells you you see your life you're going for rehearsal. Choir rehearsal. Well done. See your friends. See your... Rock your life now. You can get born again at 50. <laughs> you feel it in your heart. You're like, okay, I'm doing it for the Lord. Psalm 73. I love that psalm. It says, uh, when I considered the prosperity of the wicked, it said, I almost slipped until I got into the sanctuary of the Lord and I understood their end. So for me, what happens sometimes, you know, there's just this push into studying scripture or a new lifestyle change. What happens in that season is that I find that I'm able to contend for certain things I could not contend with before. Let, let nobody tell you a lie. The things which God wants to do in your life cannot be achieved by human hands or require for you to walk with God. We live in a very interesting age. There's a mix of things that are calling for attention. It's, it's very interesting. It's, it's very fast-paced. Um, everything that is fleshy is being, you know when you've pressed out, try to extract juice from orange that you press some more. There's a huge pressure upon the flesh in this day and age. I, I'm not ignorant of that. I'm not ignorant of the fact that there's a pressure to be, I mean, somebody just driving on the road, it's like, ha, this Range Rover that everybody's driving, is it today? <sighs> is there somewhere they're sharing it? How? You know, where do they get it from? I don't understand. It's not the same walk I'm walking. What, what is wrong with me? I've confessed, I've tightened, I've given, I can't, if they even increase my salary by a hundred times now, I don't see. And the Bible speaks about those who make haste to be rich. 
you know, you, you and I, I must say this, or you go on certain things on social media and you just see some people shining and smiling away. You know, they say, so, so, so person, talk well, like me, Tamilari, and guest, and say, you know, at so, so, so event, and you're like, ha, do I forbid the limelight? <laughs> Is that something encoded in my destiny? <laughs> but, 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 but let me say this to you, that there are announcements in heaven over us as a church and over our generation. Ah, Idris, you have to round up. Round up. Okay, round up. There, there's, I, and look here, my, I found this to be true. That the things that I, quote and unquote, gave up in the walk to, and I'm a very junior <laughs> warrior, I'm still learning the ropes. But every time I gave up something to get depth in my walk with God, I found that God will bless me with that and more. And I say that again to somebody. Every time I gave up something to say, so I, I said, look, okay, well, this, I wanted to follow God, so I would spend time in prayer. I, okay, I would, I would, I would not mind some humiliation or just embarrassment if it meant I was going to walk in this particular way. I found out that God came through for me. My life is just starting. But I, in little ways in my life, have seen God come through. I've seen the fact that I've been able to do things which, you know, I realize this is the hand of God. And it's, like I said, it's very early days for me. And that's what this is for me about, is that I, I don't want us to, we're, we're, we're at a fantastic stage as a church. That man needs to be born again. <laughs> and feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Get fruits of patience. We're at a stage in a, as a church where, ignore him, don't let the devil distract. We're at a stage in a church where we are, we're growing, life going, it's growing. Where, when I say I'm the pastor of life, but ah, life boy, well, ah, you guys are not doing badly. But I don't want us to be a church of somebody has gone off that <laughs> nobody's fine. I don't want us to be a church that is full, and we're going to be very full very soon. <laughs> that's, how they, that's, how, that's how they do. But we're going to be, very, but I don't want us to be a church that is full of social Christians because what happens with social Christians is that God can't seemingly do much with us is that someone that wanted me to end the message now and went to ask a trailer driver to but that is the call is that you know when Bible says one will chase a thousand it's not it's not one social Christian I assure you He's speaking about warriors. You know, when the Bible speaks about David, it then begins to speak about his men. This, is not, this show is not about a pastor. Those who are close to me tell you that I have a retirement plan. <laughs> and I joke about that, but it's true. Um, this show is not about Idris. 
It's about your life. It's about you. It's about the awesome things that God has spoken concerning you. Someone says, look, I don't, I've tried these awesome things. I just film trick. You just give me one Range Rover and put me on Linda and KJ once. I'm fine. I've made it. But that's God, God's plans for you are bigger than that. They have eternal dimension. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I really, so the rest I will say in prayer over the next couple of weeks. But I really pray somebody becomes fit spiritually. Someone develops endurance. Someone gets to the place where they understand the importance of cover and respect for company. Someone gets to the place where they hear instructions from God. The phrase I had in my heart, and I mentioned it earlier, was habitual obedience. Where you obey God and it becomes a habit. So you don't struggle. How does Abraham walk up to the say, go and sacrifice your son? He carried how? But he had been obeying God for a while. Tonight, we'll pray. We'll wrap up five minutes. Well, nothing. Don't promise anything. It won't be long. Just relax. But don't promise. I come and say, I said five minutes. I just want us to, we'll just sing a song. It's nothing too loud, but not solemn. Okay? Like, a, like a song that allows us to dedicate our hearts. But I would like you to please be here in the five minutes that we do this. But I'm just going to ask you to answer the call. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. It's a very simple thing. For different people, it means different things. But it means that you will, you will not be the one that gives up on your own life. You will not, you will not buy fake outcomes and accept them as the outcome of your life. You will, together with God, put on the full armor. What song should we sing? We can't sing Onisha, you know, that's not a song for this kind of... Father, do you have a song? The one we don't know that we well, can all sing. Sing, sing. Let me hear it. What's this song? Let me test you. I surrender. Yeah, but we can't sing it like that. So. It's not concert. Sing well, sing well. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I'm just trolling you. I, I apologize. Okay, so, uh, that's, that's a good song. Sing okay. it. I surrender. Chuck, let's worship. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.